Hey guys, what's up? Nick here. Welcome to my TWN podcast channel. In today's episode of TWN, we'll be going through one of the interesting topic, quantum computing. And without any further delay, let's jump into it. The quantum bit is the fundamental unit of computation in the quantum computing. Here, we draw parallels with the traditional bit and use that analogy to help us understand a qubit. The bit that we all are familiar with is the most basic unit of information. It either represents a 1 or a 0. We can think of it as analogous to a switch being on or off. A bit's current status either 1 or 0 is known as its state. The value of the bit being 1 or 0 is are just abstractions. In reality, it is just a transistor, the building block of all modern computers. When the transistor allows the passage of current through it, we consider this event to represent the 1. And when the transistor blocks the passage of current, we consider this event to represent the 0. The value of the bit being 1 or 0 are just abstractions. In reality, it's just a transistor, the building block of all modern computers. A qubit can be built using any two-level quantum system. An example could be a phosphorus item, uh, atom within a silicon superconductor. There are multiple ways to build a qubit. This is an important ongoing research area and quantum computing is still very much in its initial stages. The first takeaway here is that superposition of 0 and 1 is not some third possible state of a bit. It is a special state that we cannot describe by using a classical bit. Let's see why it is so special. Think of a slider moving between the values from 0 to 1. A superposition of 0 and 1 means our current state is somewhere on the slider. It could be a little more towards the 0 side or it could be a little more towards the 1 side. We see from this slider analogy that there are infinitely many possible states that we can call being both 0 and 1 at the same time. The heart of classical computing is the logical operations of strings on numerous ones and zeros. Everything that we can achieve with our computers today is made possibly by simple arithmetic and logical operations on binary numbers represented using these bits only. As we know earlier, a bit is just the passage of current through a transistor. We can manipulate the state of a bit by using different combinations of transistors connected to each other, which we call them as gates. So everybody knows like the logic gates that can perform logical operations such as AND, OR, NODs, or etc. So by applying them to bits, we can change the state according to the desired operation. So now the different types of quantum computers. Building a functional quantum computer requires holding an object in a superposition state long enough to carry out various processes on them. Unfortunately, once a superposition meets with materials that are part of a measured system, it loses its in-between state in what known as decoherence and becomes a boring old classical bit. Devices need to be able to shield quantum states from decoherence while still making them easy to read. Different processes are tackling this challenge from different angles, whether it's to use more robust quantum process or to find better ways to check for errors. 
So now quantum computer uses and application areas. There are few areas where a quantum computer have the potential to make a big impact. So the first one is quantum simulation. Quantum computers work exceptionally well for modeling other quantum systems because they use quantum phenomena in their computation. This means that they can handle the complexity and ambiguity of systems that would overload classical computers. Examples of quantum systems that we can model include photosynthesis, superconductivity and uh, complex molecular formations. Now, the second one is cryptography. Classical cryptography such as the reversed Shamir Adelman RSA algorithm that's widely used to secure data transmission relies on the intractability of problems such as integer factorization or discrete logarithms. Many of these problems can be solved more efficiently using quantum computers. So now coming to the third one, optimization. It is the process of finding the best solution to a problem given its desired outcome and constraints. In science and industry, critical decisions are made based on the factors such as cost, quality and production time, all of which can be optimized. By running quantum inspired optimization algorithms on classical computers, we can find solutions that were previously impossible. This helps us find better ways to manage complex systems such as traffic flows, aeroplane gate assignments, package deliveries and energy storage. So let's get some idea about the quantum machine learning. So this comes with a high computational cost and that has hindered the scope and development of the field. To speed up progress in this area, so different uh, organizations or different people are exploring ways to devise and implement quantum software that enables faster machine learning. Coming to the quantum su uh, computing supremacy, for the time being, classical technology and can manage any task thrown at a quantum computer. Quantum supremacy describes the ability of a quantum computer to outperform their classical counterparts. Some companies such as IBM and Google claim they might be close as they continue to cram more qubits together and build more accurate devices. Not everybody is convinced that quantum computers are worth the effort. Some mathematicians believe there are obstacles that are practically impossible to overcome putting quantum computing forever out of reach. Time will tell who is right. So that's all about quantum computing. Hope you guys have got some idea about this. I'll catch you all soon in the next episode of TWN podcast, Tech Talk with Nick, with more and more topics and updates. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.